Welcome back to Oysters, Clams, and Cockles, the number one Game of Thrones podcast in the realm for people who party like Tyrion and slay like Daenerys, brought to you by Grand X Media. I am Ross Bolin here at No Limit Studios in Austin, Texas, with my co-host Barrett Dudley. No Limit Studios, who this is? Who this is? I wonder how many people get that joke. If you know that joke, you're a G. You're a real one. Gangsta. But we're in a new studio. An unfamiliar... Man, this ain't no motherfucking P. This ain't no... (laughs) P. Uh. P. Let me hear you say. Uh. <laughs> yeah, nobody's laughing at this. Nobody gets this joke, but that's okay. That's okay. I bet like one person does. One person probably does. And for that one person, we salute you. We do salute you. We're back. Uh, we're gonna do. We're gonna do a bunch of hotline calls today. I know you've missed us. We've missed you too. We're very excited for season eight, obviously coming in April. And between now and then, we're gonna try to plug the gaps with a few hotline call centric episodes. For the lovely members of the Clam Fam, um, this episode of OCC is brought to you by Lisa, because of course it is. Resolve to get better rest this new year. A quality night's sleep helps you recover from distractions more quickly. It prevents burnout. You're going to make better decisions. It'll improve your memory. Overall, you're just going to make fewer mistakes, and that's not marketing. It's science. To design a better mattress, Lisa leveraged 30-plus years of experience and uh hundreds of hours of testing to develop the perfect mattress for all body shapes and sleeping styles. Their mission is to provide a better night's rest for everybody. Through their 110 program, they donate one mattress for every 10 they sell. That's over 31,000 mattresses and counting. And Lisa strives to leave the world a better place than they found it. That does not stop with mattress donations. Together with the Arbor Day Foundation, Lisa plants one tree for every mattress they sell. So start 2019 well-rested. Clam fam, you are entitled to $160 off a Lisa mattress if you go to lisa.com slash dragon and use the promo code dragon. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com slash dragon. dragon. Promo code dragon. dragon. Our dragon. hotline number is 866-43-CLAMS. As always, it is a voicemail box. It's open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You can call with questions, clam fam corrections, Constructive criticism, theories about what you think are going to happen in season eight. Ask Barrett questions about his hair, what hair products he uses. Mm-hmm. Perhaps his hair is looking mm-hmm. good today. One well, club cool. I don't think has a hotline these days, so you can just call the Clams and Cockles hotline. I'll just, just say, forward them to Barrett and just say this call is for the Club Cool podcast. Thanks. Okay, bye. And then and then I'll forward them on to you. Yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Hair questions only. Eight six six four three clams again. Is our is our number? We've picked out eight or nine calls. Uh, I believe eight calls for you guys today. And uh, here's the first. Hey Ross Barrett, Mike, if you're there, this is Nathan from California. A big fan of you guys. This podcast, your other podcast. I have a question I want to run by you. Can the Night King bring back people that he or other whites didn't kill? We've seen him bring back people at hard home that whites kill and a dragon that he killed. But then he's also brought back those skeleton people that I'm not sure that they killed when they were going after Brand at Three-Eyed Raven's crib. I'm asking because I read a theory that since Westeroses don't 
burn their dead, they bury them. Can't the Night King just ride his dragon around Westeros and bring back everybody who's who's been buried and add thousands and millions to the army of the dead and basically destroy everybody? I'm just wondering. Uh, keep up the great work, guys. Uh, later. Hey, man. Thanks for calling in and creating a whole new mess of nightmares for me to have. How come we've never discussed this? I feel like we've talked about this at some point along the line when we're talking about the abilities of the White Walkers. Because this is like, I'm concerned. Are you not concerned with this graveyard situation? The graveyard situation is a concern to me. I'm, you know what? I think, I, I think that you have to be killed by a White or a White Walker to be resurrected by the Night King. And that may be the case. It's just, it may be we don't know that yet. As, as, or John doesn't know that yet. Let me put it that way. Because remember, anybody he finds dead, he's like, we gotta burn the fucking bodies. You know, here, here's a, now, here's an interesting point to look at. When Thoros dies, he's technically kind of not killed by a white or a white walker. And they, and they still but burn But they still want to burn his body. Like his, I guess but that I the, think could be because they don't know the wound that gets him is technically was delivered by a was white delivered bear. by a white bear, so like maybe that counts, you know, maybe the inflicted wound, but I don't know it. It probably doesn't matter all that much because the Nike can still just fly the dragon down, like burn hundreds of thousands yeah. in Flea Bottom and then just raise those hundreds of, of thousands right there. What did Tyrion say? A million people live in King's Landing? That's a million more people for the army. Right, of the so dead, he's yeah. already got like so many people I that don't he can think kill and resurrect. I don't numbers are the issue is your, is your point. And, and to your right. point, I agree. It's, it's, it's just fundamentally like we've seen the army of the dead. We've seen that there are very well put together still uh, rotting human corpses that have been recently killed as members of the army of the dead. We've also seen full-on Skeletor style, like skeleton style, uh, like Halloween people mm -hmm. that are just bones yes. like the dude that uh, the hound hits in the face with a rock and then he takes the first steps out on the ice or whatever that's right. a pretty dead dude that's a dead dude yeah. that's a guy that would come from a graveyard that's a skelly yeah skelly we'll call them skellies yeah. uh that's that's exactly what we'll call them forever <laughs> thank you barrett just invented that and uh so we're aware that you can be just straight up like incredibly decomposed so if he could bring up just rolling through, like, finds the biggest graveyard in Dorne and just, like, raises up all the, you know what I mean? This this whole thriller situation, and then we're just looking I'll, at The Walking I'll Dead, I'll tell too. you what. This just adds credence to, you know, my, uh, yes, 100. What do you want people to do with your ashes? Uh, scatter them on a mountain or something like that. Mountain. But we'll do. That, that stems primarily from my greatest fear in life, which is to be buried alive. That would just, like, I can't, uh, to me. And so, I, even, like, even though they... E they like remove all your organs and like embalm. Still remain for your soul to possibly yes, occupy. Exactly. No matter what, in, you, so that you want to force it out. All the all this all the dead people. I don't want. I don't want no part of that. I'll be real with you. I've never considered my stand. <laughs> this moment, I would like to make this my legal record requesting. Uh, you guys can have my organs and uh, the same as Barrett. Any mountain will do. Yeah, yeah. Just a high point. They're screening <laughs> me in and shit. That's what I want. Okay. <laughs> Did we answer the question? What was the question? Yeah, yeah, we answered. We can't know the answer. You'll have to ask George. Or just wait, uh, what, three months? How many months? It's for discussion. They are. Discuss amongst because yourselves. Because if you ask, you know, like a 
yes or no question, then that takes us four seconds. And that's, that's no fun. That's no good for you guys. No, and then you don't get to find out what Barrett and I would like you to do with our corpses. Exactly, exactly. Uh, after we're dead. Barrett, you watched the, the Ted Bundy documentary? I haven't watched it yet, no. Are you going? You're, are you excited to watch it? Yeah. You seem like you you'd know, be a big Bundy guy. I, I'm a little, right now, at this exact moment, I'm a little true crimed out because I just we just got through the in, the Innocent Man. I'll say this then, Barrett. On Netflix? Now is not the time for you to watch the Ted Bundy doc. <laughs> if you're true crimed out at the moment, give it a few I, weeks. I, I love true crime, but I just got through the uh, the Innocent Man. Okay. And I, have not, that, I have not watched that And yet. before that, we, we got through most of the staircase. Yeah, I did that one. That one and was so, so I'm just, yeah, I'll, I'll put it on in a couple weeks. I was just curious because I know you're a huge Efron guy. Right, uh, yeah. And he has previously mm-hmm. have done a show called Effing Around. Effing Around. Uh, still yeah, talk about to Zach the, on occasion. Shouts to the, uh, the longtime Effies and Effers uh-huh. that are still out there. Uh-huh. And now you talk about Zach Efron on Club Cool on occasion. Okay, on occasion, yeah. Which, uh, so I knew, you know, obviously he's playing he just Ted just his hair like very platinum blonde. I saw that. I kind of like it. I, I mean, he's one of those guys that he he'll, he can do anything, and I'll just be like, "Yeah, that's tight." That's kind of what I'm. Why I like it. I'm yeah. like, I, I I respect that he has realized that he is past the precipice of anybody being able to pass mm-hmm. any judgment on him at all, and he can just do whatever the fuck he wants. Do, do that's you, the best part. Do you remember when I uh, attempted to dye my hair blonde? Yes, it was a. It was. It wasn't <laughs> quite as well received as we. Well, are it was. Receiving. It was. It was a mild disaster, I would say. It wasn't the color you. Were it was not. For. Yeah, you have to to get that Efron color. You have to go full. You know, balls to the wall. You have to bleach your hair if you have dark hair to get that platinum blonde color. Which really fucks. Which your really shit fucks up. your shit up. Yeah. yeah, and I didn't want to do that, so I tried to do it without bleach. The resulting color was an orangey brass shade. That's fair. Yeah, <laughs> orangey was what. I, that's all I had. Wasn't great. It wasn't great. Well, that's neither here nor there. Yeah. Next call. Hi, it's Rhea and Anna. I'm from Wisconsin. They're part of the OCC Cupid Gang. I don't know. <laughs> um. Anyway, so we're watching season two with Anna's mom and brother, and we <laughs> we had an idea. I don't do this to you at all, but we had an idea about um the next season and how you guys have that bid thing. Is there going to be a cold open the first episode of the next season? I would put money on it. She's putting money on it. I don't have money to spend from a post grad, but we were thinking of like the app you guys were talking about, and we want to know if it's a bet and what your bet is on that too. Yep. <laughs> okay. Bye. <laughs> W- will you explain to me what just happened there? They she were, mentioned was, people's names like I was supposed to know. It was like uh, it was like Hannah and Sarah or something uh-huh. like that. Did and they each talk? Yeah, they both oh, spoke, okay, okay. but they both sound exactly the same, so okay, you can't they, tell when one's yes. picking up and one's dropping off. You all sound very off. much alike. But I love the dual call. I, I anytime, always am a fan of these. Anytime yeah. somebody gets on and then like there's like multiple people that take turns saying something, I, I that's just my favorite. Yeah, I mean like that was a terrible call. Uh, <laughs> but we only we playing it because I was like, well, there's two people. I'm very entertained by this. Yeah. I have to put it on. Yeah. Um, yeah. But to answer your question about whether or not, okay, because I'm I think it's a good question to to consider. Mm-hmm, Do you mm-hmm, think mm-hmm. there's any chance episode one of season eight is a cold open? I say absolutely not. That, I, that is wildly inappropriate yes. and that it would be a stupid fucking way to start the season. I agree. I think that while the cold opens are always kind of like they send that they 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 send that like ooh ah moment. You're like, oh fuck. You're like, what? But yeah. this is that's you know, a mid season move. Exactly, though. exactly. And the thing is, we're seven seasons in now. It is one of the most famous and one of the best opening credit scenes of all time 
it is it is the best of all time. It's in and it's in the pantheon forever. It, right? it really I think it's unquestionably the best of all time. Intro to a show wise. And so it's kind of like last season putting all your chips on the table, like they just need to open with that. It's and fucking that's, branding at this point. It's, you're right. Like, we all need to hear that music before we see anything uh, else. Yeah, yeah. You now know, to do get I, us back in the mood. Do shit. I think that there will be a cold open in season eight? I'm like fifty fifty on it. There probably will be. I'm dude, I'm gonna say I'm seventy eight percent sure. Okay. All right. I'm pretty confident. It feels like they'll throw one more in there. One more. Yeah. One more for, for good measure. And then we will reciprocate with a cold open somehow on here. I don't remember we've done one before. I don't remember what we did. Here you know what? Okay. I'll go I'll go one step further with a prediction. Do I it. a cold open will involve the Night King and or the white like the community white of Walker. White Walkers. White Doing Walker something. cold open. Yes. Ah. Yeah. That would be I, here's one reason They've utilized cold opens to show movement before. Like that would be like to show the Army of the Dead in their new spot. Is at some point going to be something they have to do this season? Because these guys got to roll through, presumably at least some of the North. I mean, I don't think the the good guys are just going to win battle number one and the whole thing is going to be over. Yeah, you've got to yeah. feel the the White Walkers do make their way somehow down mm-hmm, into Westeros, mm-hmm. right? To at least Winterfell. Sure. But uh, no, I don't know. Next call. Yo, it's Dylan from Kentucky. I just want to point out the fact that I bought a king-size pillow from Lisa, and it's the best thing I've ever put my head on. Better than any pair of tits I put my head on. Better than any other shit pillow I put my head on. I can guarantee it's better than any damn cloud in the sky. I usually wake up about 8 o'clock in the morning. Just, you know, my body alarm just wakes me up. But I slept until 11.30 this morning because that thing put me in a damn coma. Fellow clan members, clan fan members, get this pillow. You'll wake up feeling like John Stamos. I give you my word. I feel like fucking John Stamos right now. But, as always, goodbye. What? Uh, That's completely unprompted. And I wanted to share it with y'all because we've had Lisa as a sponsor for over, what, Seven, six, seven seasons we've watched. It, seven the, years. I think it's been seven years. Seven. Sponsorship, yeah. And, it's about uh, time for a new Lisa mattress for for you and me. It, I, I wanted you all to hear from somebody who genuinely, like, we get a ton of people who buy Lisa mattresses and hit us up and are like, dude, thank you. You were not fucking around. This is incredible. Lisa has been a huge supporter of OCC and everything that we've gotten to do with the Night's Rewatch. And uh, I'm sure that they will be a sponsor during season eight as well. I'd be shocked if they weren't. So I wanted y'all to hear from somebody who's not either me or Barrett uh, making a joke about mattresses in Westeros, and uh, and that was it. He he did he did our job for us. Okay, that that was all. Barrett, do you have anything to add to the Lisa call? Um, just say no. I concur. I concur. Okay, next call. Hey guys, it's Scott from Connecticut. Uh, just noticing during. The last episode, Winds of Winter, um, that Arya's character that she took the mask off, um, she was actually kind of all around that dinner, kind of kept looking at Jamie's character the whole time. So thought that was pretty interesting that she was kind of in the mix um, and then ended up at the end killing uh, Walter Frey. So anyway, keep, keep doing what you guys are doing. Love the pod. I've actually had this pointed out to me before that you see the chick that Arya ends up masking up as. Uh, Prior to her actually committing the the assassination of Walder Frey. Okay. But that doesn't mean one way or the other that that's Arya already or not. The point is you don't know. Like that's, she could have killed her and been hanging out there for weeks. 
scouting out the whole place, figuring out what you wanted to do, hanging out, being a hot servant chick. Mm-hmm. Or that chick that we see make kind of eyes with Jamie, if you will, uh, might actually be that chick, not Arya at all. And Arya later kills her and takes her face or something. I don't think it really indicated anything one way or the other. But it is an important aspect of the whole faceless man thing uh, to keep in mind. Like, we still don't have all the details going mm-hmm. into season eight about exactly what the rules are regarding the faces. Um, we've come closer and closer to clarity at different points. Like when we see Sansa digging through Arya's bag and she finds the, the two or three faces she's got in there or whatever. We know that you have to physically carry them with you. But, like, is there a limit? Like, is what? How, do they expire at some point? Like, we don't know any of that shit. So, as far as the faces go, it's kind of just one of those mythical things you got to enjoy about the show. There's not, not really any further explanation than that. Yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I think you, you covered it there. Um, Good. Good. You know, if, it, if, if that is Arya, then I guess it's safe to say she lets Jamie walk. She lets him leave. It, it, if, if, yes. So. But she, Jamie, she's never said Jamie's name as part of her list. That's true. No, no, it's, he's never been on, on she, the list. She has no beef with that man. Um, and I don't know that Arya at that point would kill a, someone just for being a Lannister. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just, that wouldn't fit her MO. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. And now a word from our sponsor, Green Chef. A USDA-certified organic company with meal plans that include paleo, vegan, vegetarian, pescatarian, Mediterranean, heart-smart, lean and clean, keto, gluten-free, and omnivore. They literally have a meal plan for any different type of lifestyle you could possibly have, uh, and they're incredible. Just the other day, I had their Southwestern beef chili. It was fantastic. Taylor and I made it. It comes in a very easy to understand, incredible packaging that walks you through all of the different uh, directions. It's got photos of, to make it even easier for you to understand. The recipes are including uh, pre-made measured sauces, dressings, and spices so you get even more flavor in less time. Uh, if you're cooking illiterate like me, Green Chef makes all of this so, so easy, and it makes it easy to eat healthy and deliciously. And uh, they've got expert chefs that have designed these flavorful recipes for any lifestyle, your lifestyle, uh, that you've chosen to go way beyond ordinary substitutions with a diverse array of meal plans, plenty of options to, agree, uh, to choose from each and every week, so you can actually enjoy sticking to your nutritional health goals uh, related to food for the year. Okay? It's a USDA-certified organic company that makes eating well, easy, and affordable with plans to fit everybody. Uh, for us, for the Clam Fam, you get $50 off your first box of Green Chef if you go to greenchef.us slash dragon. All right? G-R-E-E-N chef.us slash dragon. And you will get 50 dragon. bucks fifty bucks off your first box of Green Chef. Go check out all the different meals they've got. Check out everything they're offering. And uh, get that 50 bucks off, Clam Fam. It is fantastic. Again, the one that I've tried, Southwestern Beef Chili. It was so good. Next call. What's up, Clam Fam? Dan from North Carolina. I've got a quick Clam Fam correction, if you will. Uh, you were talking about uh, Alessandra and how Barrett has her on her big board for Season 8, and we know we're going to see her in Season 8. If you remember back in Season 3, when the, band, the Brotherhood Without Banners sells Gendry 
uh, to the Red Woman. Uh, Melisandre grabs Arya by the face and, like, basically predicts her becoming a faceless man and says, we will meet again. So we basically know then that Melisandre and Arya have to meet up in some capacity in Season 8. Curious how you guys think that's going to play out. Thanks, guys. See ya. What? What was the question? Curious to see how Melisandre and Melisandre and... Am I saying that right? Yeah. Sometimes these names just like I say them so many times that Melisandre, for- Melisandre that I forget either, how to say either them. way. She she you know, she has that moment with Arya way back when in season oh, three. Yeah, where she grabs her face. Where she grabs her face and is like, We'll we'll meet again. We will meet again. Something like that, you know. So how does how does that how do you foresee that playing out in this? Yeah, it's final a good season? question because it, I mean it definitely one of our biggest question marks that we have addressed a couple times throughout the course of the night's rewatch was where does Arya start out season eight, right? Because we we know she's going to meet John. Um, that is all but confirmed that her and John are going to have their their uh, they'll be reunited. That's the biggest reuniting we have to wait for that has not yet occurred. Is John and Arya? Um, but we are, or at least at some points during during your, the discourse that you and I have been able to have over the course of this podcast, we thought. Arya was going to be the one to go for Cersei. That it made the most sense for her to be utilized in taking care of the southern threat versus like her being on a battlefield like taking part in the the war against the army of the dead. Yeah, I don't think that you become a faceless man assassin to then join the cavalry and run right. up and She'd have to be like the Legolas of the squad and like have a bow and arrow for it to mm-hmm. make any sense at all cuz she's small and, right. and um and that's not going to happen. Uh, I don't. I just don't see that making sense. So I feel like the odds are we do see her go the direction of King's Landing, and maybe that means Melisandre will too. I don't know. Well, let's just jump down a, a different well entirely. We know that Melisandre leaves Dragonstone, uh, Dragonstone and is going to go back east for a while. Right. So for what purpose we don't. Really for what know. purpose we don't know, but we do know that that's where Ashai is. Yeah. The magic place. And we also know that back in uh, Bravos, that's where Jaquin is. Oh, yeah. So do we do we rope b- back in Jaquin at any point? I, I really don't know if we're going to see that man. I, I, prob- I, I don't think so. It's just he's over there. Melisandre is going over there. And are, well, hasn't Cersei referenced the different... Sell sword companies that could possibly be accessed by them, utilized by them. Yeah, that's where. Yes, that is where. That's where fuck sticks uh, going. That's where Euron yeah, has gone. He's gone over east to try to contract the uh, the Golden Company. A lot of things. A lot of things on the table with season eight. So there's there, we, all I'm saying is we've got some movement east. Sure, Arya has spent plenty of time east. You think it would? Does she need to go back for any reason? Does anybody else get brought over from her? from her past life to to connect right. any of those dots or like you said does she head south and Melisandre head south as well I think that'll be one of the more interesting things we see in season 8 is how many different geographical locations are we going to be dealing with mm-hmm. because there are only 6 episodes left we've seen the run times allegedly for those episodes now uh, capping out at 80 minutes for the final what is it 3 three or 4 or something like that um so we we didn't get like the feature film for every episode that we expected, if those numbers are to be believed. I'm, I'm pretty sure they're confirmed at this point. Um, I'm just like, how how many different places do we have time to even be? 
if a lot of this is going to mm-hmm. be battling with this massive force. You figure a lot of this takes place in the North and King's Landing, right? Right, like, right. Those have got to be the two big set pieces yep. for Season 8. They can't really fit in. It's It can't be like Season 7 where we're all the fuck over the map and yeah, like suddenly on the other side of the wall. That's the thing that threw people off, and, and, and it just doesn't feel like there's enough story left for that to, to take place. Right. So I wonder what the map looks like for us in Season 8. I'm just going to be interested to see how they bridge the gap or the space geographically between everything that's going on up north mm-hmm. and then everything that's going on down south and, and in between. Because it's just a lot of question marks. How, how, how have you felt about the way they've uh, marketed the season so far, by the way? A lot of people are upset we don't have a trailer yet. Uh, you know where I stand on this. I'm, yeah, yeah. And, no trailers, And, and I, I tweeted maybe a month ago, you know, it was just like a quote tweet, and... One of the one one of the showrunners, David or David, was basically like, "If we had it our way, we wouldn't release anything." Right. Fuck you guys. Like, and, show up and watch the show. And and my tweet was basically like, "Yeah, you can do that, guys. That's you, the numbers aren't going to suffer. Ratings are not going to dip because you did not release a yeah, trailer." Yeah, but I think it's because there's like a some the old head at HBO is like, "Go fuck yourself. We're not not doing promo." Yeah. I. He, there's no way they would go for that. It's yeah. the most expensive television show like ever made. They're not going to be okay with David and David being like, you know what? Let's go the non-traditional route of no promo. Well, they already did the little teaser thing. Yeah, it was fun. And look, I'm just worried that this is the last season. Showing footage from any episode just by its very nature gives away clues to what will or what will not happen. Even the and I don't, stupid first teaser we got, uh, like seeing Danny meet Sansa, right. uh, was a was a massive... It's not a spoiler. We knew it was going to happen, but we didn't... You're ruining it. Yeah, I yeah. Like, let me just... Let us get there. Let we us just see the to show. We not see that yet, man. So, so the, I, I just hope that they... Look, if they put out... If, if they do end up putting out a trailer, which I guess they will, I just hope it's as vague and obscured and short as possible you know i'm with you less visual more if dude in the past they've found creative ways to do like they have visually they'll you you know there was a season that the whole fucking ad was just like one of the ravens with someone talking over Mm -hmm. the thing and it was like okay we didn't actually see anything that was dope do that hit us with the audio of an old little finger speech or some shit i i think that they're smart enough that they'll be sensitive about what they put on a trailer, I was ju- I'm with you. I'm, I was just concerned by the 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 first the Winterfell is yours, your grace thing. I was like, uh, this is not the start that I anticipated. Yeah, that, in yeah, terms of yeah. marketing this next season, Can I we guess please they not give away th- shit like th- that. They must have felt like that was okay because when we end season seven, that is so obviously that's right about, to about to happen. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I will. Let's just touch on the purported run times so far. Yeah. Uh. I'm 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 over. I'm not gonna dwell and like be upset about it. You're over the ang- the initial anger that you had. Yeah, it's it's more of just a question. I, I don't understand why Westworld gets seventy plus minutes for every single episode in a season, basically. Mm-hmm. And these guys are cheating us out of because it's not because that is clearly not an HBO decision. HBO was not like nope nope nope. First few episodes can only be an hour. 
Right. That that just wouldn't like that's fix. they just decided to go that route, and I don't understand why. Why would you not show us as much as you possibly could? The thing that's strange to me. This must just be the way it ended up. Because okay, it's the round numbers that are fucking me up. Sixty minutes, sixty minutes, eighty minutes, eighty minutes, eighty minutes, eighty minutes. I'm like, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. It just worked out that way. Well, that's where no, I feel those like those have to be ballparks. Okay. Yeah. Then if they're ballparks, I feel like that's probably just the way it shaped up when they came off the cutting room floor. They were like, these are the times we've got. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Right. I'm assuming the first two, one of them will be an hour and three minutes, or one of them will be fifty six minutes or something, not sixty minutes on the dot. And then when we have all those eighty minute ones, maybe one of them's gonna be eighty nine minutes or something. You got. I, you, I have a hard time imagining any scenario where they were like, "Here are the hard numbers we're going to try to fit this season right, into," right. and then that's just the way it went. It, well, it, and as everyone that when pointed out when this news came out, this whole season ends up only being seven or what, eight twenty minutes. Uh, oh, two minutes shorter than season seven. Okay. So if, if ends, those numbers are accurate, if those numbers just on the dot right, are, are on 60, the dot. 60, okay. 80, 80, 80, 80, 80. But yeah, they're not going to be and, like you said. Yeah, yeah. I I will be. I will be shocked if that last episode doesn't bump up against an hour and a half. Yeah, like I like that's that one's got to be hour twenty five, hour twenty seven. I'm imagining somewhere, somewhere a, a Lord range. of the Rings scenario where there's like thirty minutes of conclusionary footage at the end could with be, like could three be. different alternate endings and some kind of different. Fu- you know what I'm saying? You <laughs> yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like a, a bunch of things have to happen mm-hmm. there. So uh, I'm just yeah I'm, I I'm I. I know that we didn't get to record as soon as that information came out about the runtimes, and it would have been nice to actually hear you get to explode because I'm pretty sure you were uh, furious <laughs> that more. I saw your reaction on Twitter and was like, Barrett's going to be fucking pissed. I, I don't know, man. I'm just, I'm resigned to our fate at this point. Yeah, exactly. With, exactly. Da- with Benioff and Weiss, and I'm kind of like, I trust these guys enough to where I don't, I don't think we all need to be harping on the runtimes. Yeah. I really just don't. Yeah. So, yeah. Next call. The king in the north. I mean, you knew we were going to get one of those in. Oh, I'm actually glad that you just played that because it reminds me of something that I would have forgotten otherwise. There's a see, see that it's called teamwork. Do you he know? He just inadvertently saved us. Yeah, you know there is, you know there's Game of Thrones beers out there, right? There's Game of Thrones wines. They've got everything at this the, point. The yeah. beer is in collaboration with a brewery uh, called. I'm probably going to botch the pronunciation, but it's like Omegang or something like that. Okay. Yeah, and. Uh, I was just in Central Market last week, and the new Game of Thrones beer from Omegang is called King in the North. Oh, no shit. Yeah. Did you buy some? I didn't yet. I'm going to. I'm going to go back and get some. I'm just trying to imagine like, if there was like a Game of Thrones strain of weed, that's all I'd have. And, <laughs> and yet, here you are not drinking King in the I North wasn't, beer I as was we not, speak. You know, I wasn't in a beer mood. That's fair. And I just, I didn't want to pull the trigger yet, but I will definitely... You know, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get one, and we'll do something w- where I'm drinking it, and I'll, I'll well, say, only I'll say pay and us. I'll say King in the North. Yeah, they're gonna pay us. Well, yeah, well, of course. Give us, you know, give who us crushed the, it? Uh, give us the, give us the deal. Make a deal. Make us the deals. <laughs> give us the cash monies. That's what we don't we'll, say. Cut the we, check here. We yeah. say we'll have the cash monies. monies. We will have the cash monies. Yeah. Uh, the person who dominated the. Game of Thrones alcohol gold rush that took place between seasons six and seven and eight, uh, that all of those alcohols came out since mm-hmm. like season six, uh, is Johnny Walker. They sure did. We get sent more of that goddamn Night King blue bottle of Johnny Walker pictures on the Snapchat and shit than anything else in the world. Well, that's what I got my dad for Christmas even. I is mean, it really? I, I jumped in. I jumped on that train. 
Fuck yeah, dude. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Johnny Walker won that battle. And I think there's several different breweries that have like licenses to different things. That that was that's such a perfect like oh my god. Could Crushed it have it. set set up any better? Hey, our name is Johnny Walker. There's these things called White Walkers, like Absolute owner ownage. Yeah. Ponage. As that, the kids that, say. that was just a collaboration that neither neither side could possibly say no to. It was too perfect. And and I imagine they've made just a stupid fucking amount of money about yes. it. That's the thing. People don't realize. Like, they've started to franchise out this thing. It's going to be Star Wars-y by the time mm-hmm. it's all said and done. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't go anywhere without seeing a fucking Star Wars action figure costume or some kind of product. Well, and just just as, you know, give, now, with Star Wars, it it took more time because that was a different era of entertainment. Yeah, and it was with like the 70s. With Game shit. of Thrones. Right, and it took pretty much until... They decided to go back and do the prequels. Know, quote, the prequels. That's yeah. when they started. And then the churn just began, and they just started. Well, I think they wanted to keep it pure, for, drilling which, the IP. Thank God, milking it. Yes. Uh, so, but that is about to happen with Game of Thrones for the next twenty years. You know what's fucking weird though, Barrett? Is you and you and I noticed this several seasons ago. Uh, the one area that they did immediately start to cash in as soon as they realized it was an area of possibility was the little action figures. Mm. That then the entire Game of Thrones official Instagram account was dedicated to selling for like <laughs> four years. It was the most bizarre okay. thing. Yeah, it yeah. might still be. Honestly, I think I unfollowed it as a result. That's the only place that from day one they were cool with selling out. They were like, "We'll sell a million of these fucking different little toys." Yeah, those are fine. But up until season seven, eight, now they're just now, like you said, it's it's pretty much after they signed all the prequel deals, they were like, "All right, fuck it," and they've just been printing money. With every possible product you could imagine, and it's awesome. I'm all for it. Yeah, I, in yeah. fact, I guarantee you, there's a fucking strain of weed somewhere. Somebody send me probably, that after you probably. find it. And now a quick word from our sponsor, Hims. Did you know 66 percent of dudes lose their hair by age 35? Isn't that mind blowing? That's over half. That's two thirds, in fact. And the thing is, once you started to note, once you start to notice your hair loss, it's usually too late. It's much easier to keep the hair you've got then replace the hair you've lost. So you have to ask yourself, is my hairline slowly starting to creep backwards on me? Do you have any bald spots starting to form or whatever? Uh, how are you going to feel a year from now if it's just business as usual up there? What's your deal? That's where 4 comes in. It's a one-stop shop for hair loss, skin care, and sexual wellness for men. Uh, an incredibly easy-to-use service. For those of you who are in the market for uh, taking care of your lettuce on top of your head, uh, Easiest process ever. You, you you take a few pictures of your dome, you answer some questions, you get connected with a real doctor in your state that will then uh, prescribe you medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss to get you taken care of. Micah and I have both walked through the process individually. It is incredibly easy. Barrett, fortunately, does not need hair uh, help, but... It is the best. It is super simple. It is going to save you a ton of time and money. There's no waiting room at the doctor's office while you just wait for some slapdick doctor to eventually come out and he doesn't care about you. No awkward in-person doctor visits. You save hours by going to 4 And these, again, are well-known generic equivalents to name-brand prescriptions to help you keep your hair. It's so easy. Few questions, doctor will review and can prescribe you. And then the products, this is the beauty of it, are shipped directly to your door. You're not having to go to the pharmacy to pick anything up. Right now, Clam Fam, you get a free trial month of hymns for just $5 today while supplies last. See website for full details. This is what would normally cost you hundreds 
uh, and countless hours if you went to the doctor in a pharmacy or whatever. So go to forhims.com slash dragon. That's F-O-R-H-I-M-S dot com slash dragon. Dragon. Forhims.com slash dragon. Dragon. Today. Uh, next call. Hi, my name's Caitlin. Uh, I just moved from Pennsylvania to California, and before I moved, I watched Game of Thrones in a week. I'd been saving up to watch it for the first time, and I was just so excited that I watched the whole thing in a week. I knew I would start a rewatch. All of my friends are totally addicted, and they recommended this podcast, and it is amazing. I got my boyfriend hooked on Game of Thrones afterward, and it's been so much fun having him see everything that's happening and me knowing all the background of it all, especially from the podcast. Uh, just a few thoughts I had. What are you guys going to do in between Season 7 and Season 8? Um, you keep saying you're going to keep doing what you're doing, but I don't know how you're going to do that in between Season and 8. And second thing is, do we know that Sansa's not pregnant from her and Ramsey's marriage? Uh, how would that play into everything if she is? I've only seen the show, haven't seen the books, but keep doing what you're doing. Thank you. Bye, guys. Uh, quickly, we obviously you're not going to address any further the possibility of Sansa being pregnant at Ramsey's hand. Uh, this, this call is from... Some time ago, as you may have noticed. Mm, yes. It's as if we've entered a time machine. Ah. And she asked, what are you going to do between season seven and eight? Well, you and I actually ended up solving that riddle and doing uh, a podcast for every single episode of Game of Thrones that's ever existed, Barry. You're aware of this, right? You've seen this? Have you heard about this? The Night's Rewatch? You heard about this? Seen this? Yes. Yes. You wow. remember this? Wow. Okay. I'm just now putting the pieces together. Yeah. This was... This was you and I. This was not post Night's Rewatch. This was post season seven. This call is months old. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh huh. And the purpose of this is I have seen over the the last couple days on the internet, uh, last couple weeks really, more and more people kicking off official rewatches. That is true. Yeah. And people are doing this. And it's uh, it's rubbing the wrong way a little bit. And it, look, it's not like we didn't invent the rewatch. I'm aware of that. I'm aware that the 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 the, the ringer did a, a rewatch of their own at some point. It's 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 a it's a sufficiently shittier version than our show, but that's okay. Uh, we what, I know we didn't invent it. I just want a nod mm. from society, right? And HBO and uh, any actors or actresses that may or may not be willing to come on the podcast. Well, here's the thing: if if for those people that are embarking on a rewatch so late in the game, they now have the ability to listen to a companion podcast for every single episode. They do. Fortunately, thanks to us. Yeah. And our hard, tireless dedication and work ethic. Yes. Ethic. Ethic. <laughs> yeah, we did, a, we did a, a large amount of community service by being here. We were compensated. And, yeah. But and it was still community service, technically. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Well, if you're helping the, I mean... We're helping the community. Politici- we're the community. Politicians get paid. That's very they're true, public Barrett. servants. They're, they're teachers, serving their teachers community. Teachers get paid, Barrett. Teachers and doctors and get paid. they get paid. There is a salary that comes with that job. It's special ed teachers, doctors, and Game of Thrones podcasters. Those are the three most Pillars generous, of society? Pillars of society, That's yes. That's what I would say. Yeah. <laughs> but the point is, look, uh, I am aware, Barrett and I are aware that there are a ton of people starting their rewatches right now. There are some of you listening who probably didn't take part in the night's rewatch. It's not okay, but you can make it right, and you can do that by uh, telling anybody and everybody that you see posting or talking about Game of Thrones over the course of the next several months as everybody's getting caught up. There are going to be a, another wave of people that's going to kick in here at some point that's just going to rewatch like season seven. Those are the lazier rewatchers. That's okay. I understand that. That's kind of how I was for some other shows uh, 
that weren't as good as this one, but they well, people have been saying that that we really hit our stride in season seven. Anyway, anyway, yeah. right? So perhaps like we were running. We were running like went sub four basically. Barrett just ran a marathon. So now all yeah, now all of my analogies, that's and, all you've and got metaphors now? and similes are just running based. Yes, that's fucking. Well, I'm st- I'm still proud. Everybody should be proud of you. It's hard to run a marathon. What was your What was your uh, final time i ran year? it was a half marathon first of all Whatever. and and it i ran it in uh one hour 52 minutes and you did it sick i was a little bit sick yeah under the weather yeah and you really picked up the pace the last few i did i did hauling ass would you say you were I, the last mile and a half i was ha- i was hauling ass it looked yes. like a sprint on paper it, it, yeah it was damn near it was damn near a sprint tell your fucking really people cruising. about what we've done here please we would appreciate that. Everybody, Clam Fam, do your thing. Uh, spread the good word about not just the Night's Rewatch. We've got, obviously, Season 6 six and 7 spoiler-free available for everybody, and we have the Night's Rewatch version for everybody uh, of literally every single episode of Game of Thrones that has ever been done. So this is definitely recruiting season for the Night's Rewatch. Um, we need as many strong, able-bodied, and otherwise men and women on the wall as we can get. And, I mean, get them ready for Season 8. If if nothing else, that's the goal. If they're like, nah, I don't, I don't need that. I'm not going to do a rewatch. Like, yeah, you do, ju- fucker. Then just be like, well, the the potty is coming hot in April. Two episodes a week and for we'll see your ass there for the final episodes, and we will see your ass there. By one, the way, one more just call to, today, though, just too. to address that the the other portion of the of that call though, uh, watching seasons one through seven in a week is crazy town. Oh, uh, uh, thank you, Barrett. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah. If you watch the whole series that's, in a week, that's a season a day. That, ma'am, is unhealthy. <laughs> and uh, and look, even us, who are our livelihood is based around the the content of that television show, we don't encourage anyone to try to. T- that's that's that is crazy town. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm surprised she knew how to operate a cell phone still. To I'm even su- call yeah. Her well, I'm her surprised brain that her the, should be melted. The her finger muscles didn't atrophy to such a point that she couldn't lift a cellular telephone. Like, look, I know people who have been like, "Yeah, I got it really into Game of Thrones and crushed it in like a month," and I'm like, "Damn, that's intense." Or yeah, like yeah. even even three weeks, and I'm like, "Fuck, that's a lot." But one week is next level insane. That means you literally didn't do anything else <laughs> for a whole week of your life other than watch Game of Thrones, which is super fucking tight until like if if you had to answer for that like if you had like the the hypothetical uh, like St. Peter at the Gates of Heaven or whatever if he can pull up the dates and be like yeah so it shows here from January 21st to 29th you literally didn't do anything except eat and watch Game of Thrones what was the deal there That's, how do you explain that well you just say well isn't that better than doing nothing but like eating and cranking down and, and th- murder and then they say yeah okay and then he's like oh tight yeah season 6 was my favorite you're in <laughs> and then he kicks open the gate and he's like clam fan for life and now a word from our sponsor quip starting a healthy routine and sticking to a healthy routine are two very, very different things. Inevitably, we all skimp out on that full night of sleep that we promised ourselves, or we skip a workout or two or three, or we brush our teeth with a tired old toothbrush. We're not perfect, but we can be better. And Quip is a better electric toothbrush that can help. Uh, This is the best toothbrush available to mankind and womankind alike and animal kind in every way, shape, and form, okay? Uh, it's got sensitive sonic vibrations for an effective clean. It's gentle 
on your sensitive gums because people brush too hard. And some electric toothbrushes, like the one I used to use, was way too abrasive. It was actually bad for my teeth. It ha- Quip has an incredible built-in two-minute timer that pulses every 30 seconds to remind you when to switch sides. So if you're like me and you just zone out when you're brushing your teeth, it'll help you clean your whole mouth evenly because 90% of us don't brush for a full two minutes or don't clean evenly. Uh, it also has a multi-use cover that works as a stand. You can mount it to your mirror. It slides over your bristles to protect and protect and uh, pack your quip on the go. It declutters your sink or cabinet. It makes traveling with an electric toothbrush much easier than it has ever been. Plus, there's no wires or a clunky charger. Your quip's going to run for three months on just a single charge. And this is my favorite thing about Quip. The reason I love Quip so much is because brush heads are automatically delivered on a dentist-recommended schedule every three months for just $5. That's a friendly reminder when it's time for a refresh uh, so that you can stay committed to your oral health every three months for just 5 bucks. Because if you are like me, 75% of us use old, worn-out brussels that are ineffective. Don't do that anymore. That's why I love Quip and why over 1 million happy, healthy mouths do too. Quip starts at just $25, and if you go to getquip.com slash dragon right now, you can get your first refill pack for free. That's your first refill pack free at getquip.com slash dragon. Okay, one more call. Here it is. What's up, Clam fan? This is Nick from San Diego. Uh, Just finished listening to your latest episode, and I heard in there how you mentioned that you were making the connection between Cersei and Randy. And now that Randy is dead, she basically took the torch in this past episode. And I also realized that there was a scene in la- in the episode that is very, very gives a strong connection between Cersei and Randy. And that's the scene where she looks at Tommen's dead body and, you know, Kyburn asks her what she wants to do for funeral arrangements, and she blows him off, basically says, eh, just burn him and put his ashes under the Sept of Baylor, which is probably still on fire. And I realized that that, is, that scene is almost shot for shot the exact same scene at the start of the season where Ramsey is looking over Miranda's body, and his maester is trying to suggest giving her a, dig, a funeral that, you know, has some dignity to it, and he basically says, Eh, just give her to the dog. She's good meat. So, I don't know. I think it was a very sly connection that uh, the creators wanted to kind of put in there that Cersei is the new Ramsey and maybe even worse. Anyway, love the podcast, guys. So, we, we've often discussed how Ramsey was kind of the uh, pinnacle of villainy. like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I had never made the con- I don't recall a, t- a single time, in fact, really comparing or uh, making a connection between Cersei and Ramsey. We've compared all the villains on the show in different ways, and all of it just to end up saying Ramsey's the worst by far and the scariest. And I love this uh, the parallel because I had never picked up on that before. That it ver- that definitely was intentional. Yes, and it really draws a straight <clears throat> line from one to the other, saying like that that look. I feel like Cersei really got boned by that dickhead Bam Margera's actor, tr- peak whatever the fuck. I don't even remember the dude's name, and I'll never care because mm-hmm. he really pissed me off how he went into season seven saying, if you thought Ramsey was bad, I'm going to make him look like a little girl or whatever he said. Because it took the attention off of the actual villain transition was to Cersei, was making her bigger and badder than ever before. Yeah. Yeah. And that fucker had me look in the wrong direction. The right. whole season I'm waiting on on uh, Bam Margera to do something meaningful or worthy of like 
horror, and it never happened. Yeah, and and like the caller mentioned, like we had talked a little bit uh, about how about that that torch pass, basically. Right. Like, how it, is this going to work out? But but it is interesting, and I I definitely agree with him. Uh, I had not made the connection. I definitely think it was on purpose, and it's almost kind of like it is it, it they the if you you know if you think about all the seasons together kind of a uh, uh what's the movie the usual suspects the one yeah. with kevin spacey yeah it's almost like that it's almost like this whole time they've Kaiser been they've, yeah they've been they've been putting the putting us on these roller coasters of different villains being like oh my god oh my god who's the worst who's the worst who's the baddest and cersei's just kind of been like slow burning the whole time and now it's in those final episodes. It's like the mask is pulled off, and it's like now this is this is the baddest full monster, full monster, baddest that, bitch on the face of the that earth that there that there is. Yeah, the, the thing that's this gonna is be Kaiser cool, Sose. Yeah, the thing that's going to be cool for me is them trying to make because if you're asking any reasonable Game of Thrones fan, who's the more scary villain? Is it the Night King or Cersei? Every single one of them is going to pick Cersei because. We've see, we have her personality. Yeah, we're aware of her and her what drives her, uh, and it's pure fucking hate, and dis, like she despises every other human being mm. on the face of the earth. We don't know yet what the Night King's real ambitions are, why he's driven the way he is, and that's the thing that you've spoken to so many times. Is like, are they going to be able to make that a worthy comparison or a worthy competition? Like, because they've got to make, find a way to make the Night King. Maybe not as bad. Cersei's had so much time to develop. I don't know if they can actually get her to that, get him to that level. But they got to do something mm-hmm. to make us fear the Night King beyond. Oh, he has a dragon now. He's an incredible javelin thrower, and he has the ability to raise the dead. Like we are, we already known those things. We need what's the next thing that's going to make him terrifying? And I'm that's what I'm most looking forward to in season eight at this point. How do they make? Because I know, or I have a good feel for like how the the good guys are going to roll in season eight. And we know we're going to suffer some heartbreak. We know mm-hmm. we're going to lose at least a couple characters that we love. Well, I'm, I'm prepared for the good side. The bad side, on the villain side of the show, I have no fucking clue what to expect. Mm-hmm. And that's where I'm most, where I'm most psyched. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting to think about. I, you know, now, now, my, now my, my gears are really turning, thinking about, you know, like there really isn't comedy without tragedy right like right. S- sadness is is what brings comedy to life a lot of times yeah you can't enjoy the and bitter without it, the sweet yeah and it's the, the sweet without the bitter this, i i feel like it's the same thing with villainy it's like if you don't see any humanity in a person whatsoever then they can't reach those super high peaks of villainy either or the super lows yeah they and, can't, and, exactly right and so i don't think that we've spent this much time like building up the white walkers and the night king to just kind of like throw them away here right. in, the, in the final season but Cersei is the more compelling villain so how do they kind of how do they kind of make her still the big bad yeah while also dealing with the the with the white walkers like is that something that they try to do cuz exactly basically cause, how do they how do they yeah how do they deal with those two th- with those two uh you know pieces of evil basically cuz we got told all of season 7 we got beat over the head with it. John, it, at some one point, it felt like it was the only line he even had on the show anymore was the real threat the is re- to the north. Yeah. Uh, what is it? The, the, the true, only thing the tr- that matters. The true war. The, the true, true enemy is to the north. Yeah. The, everything is... Uh, uh, we kept... Po- pink, fuck Cersei. Look north. That's yeah, ex- all he kept saying. Exactly, exactly. And then... And it's like, well, okay. 
But how are you going to make this work in season eight? That's the question I have for John. Well, yeah, and so now, now I'm thinking, well, we know that Cersei is also one of, if not the best player of this game. In the, oh, la- yeah. in the last season, she even, you know, as the guy from the Iron Bank says, he's like, you know, I thought that Tywin had was game. the best at this shit. Yeah, yeah. But, I, but now I'm not so sure. Yeah, which was a massive, so, was the best thing anyone's ever said to her. So Nicest that, compliment ever. That's another thing to think about. What if it's Cersei that figures out how to take down... I mean, the, the the Night King. I think that's what people are that people aren't appreciating the open endedness of our current predicament. Yeah, yeah. It could go any it really, way. Yeah, it could dude. go. Yeah, like that would be awesome. That's a totally on the table. So, <laughs> like that literally could be how the show ends. I have no idea. It's going to be an incredibly wild ride. I cannot fucking wait. And uh, I also wouldn't put it past Cersei finding what. Doesn't your mind keep taking you to a way that Cersei ends up? partnering with the Night King in some way, shape, or form, or brokering some kind of deal. That's the thing I keep running towards. It's like, evil joins with evil, right? Because there's three pieces. We got three people. We got all the humans as one group. We've got the Night King and his White Walkers as another group. And then we got Cersei. That that doesn't make sense for two reasons. One, the Night King has no motivation as far as we know. And two, they, they don't speak. So I don't know how you would broker a deal. Maybe fuck like uh, icicle penis fucking. Uh, I don't know. Who knows? I'm just saying. There's got to be some way that those two bad people, the the, the evils, got to join up. I would think. I don't know. Well, I don't know. That's, th- that's, where my that's, going that's what's it. making season eight so fun is that literally any, you know, path to the finish line Anything is, is, possible. is 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 open. It's possible. Yeah. Well, that's it for the hotline calls today and for our uh, fun tangent-filled episode of Oysters, Clams, and Cockles. Our hotline number, again, is 866-43-CLAMS. Keep the calls coming because we're going to do at least... How many of these we got scheduled? Two more. At least two more of these. uh, That we can promise you two more. Okay. Now, what happens outside of that? No promises. But keep the hotline calls coming. We'll keep picking good ones that we think drive good discussion for uh, the remaining hotline episodes. We've got 866-43-CLAMS. Again, is our hotline Number, tell all your friends and family, anybody who loves and uh, is looking forward to Game of Thrones Season 8 about Oysters, Clams, and Cockles. If they're not doing a rewatch or if they're not podcast people, fine, whatever. Don't do the night's rewatch. But if they are, tell them about the night's rewatch and uh, and make sure that they're aware that when Season 8 comes, we will be dropping podcasts breaking down the latest and greatest from Game of Thrones every single Monday and then I believe Wednesday or Thursday will be our second episode of the week. Every single week for that six-week run. And then we will inevitably do some bonus episodes on top of that as well. Clam Fam, thank you guys for uh, riding with us throughout the course of the night's rewatch. And then for calling in and continuing to uh, interact with us on social media and get pumped and hyped for Season 8. We've really enjoyed it. And we will be back soon. Barrett, where can everybody follow you on social media and hear more from you? Get at me on social media mediums instagram and twitter at barrett dudley and uh you know if we piqued your interest with some with some zach efron talk i think we did talk i think we definitely did with some other talk you know there was pop culture there was pop culture references cash monies yeah we we, yeah we did our thing ross is wearing yeezys today i got on chelsea boots you like that type of thing come follow my other podcast the club cool podcast you can follow it on instagram and twitter at club cool pod give it a listen club Cool. Go listen to it. It is uh, it is fantastic. You can also hear more from me on the Ross Boland podcast, which is really mostly like 
random. It's just if if me and Barrett were turned loose for an hour like we just were. <laughs> Every episode, I just get to talk about whatever the fuck I want. There's no Game of Thrones, um, because that's what this show's for. The Ross Boland Podcast is available all the same places OCC is available. Uh, so give it a listen if you haven't, and be sure to support Club Cool as well. We'll be back soon, Clam Fam. Uh, our Instagram is at clams and cockles our twitter's at oysters clams cockles our facebook.com slash oysters clams cockles as well if you want to hit up those social medias and share them follow them and whatnot we'll be back soon will we be back soon will we be back soon we will be back soon though straight from no limit studios peace peace